Welcome to Sports Decaf in the morning. It's a Monday, approximately 8 a.m. It's the man of the hour, back from a long weekend. It's Tariq Abdullah. It's the man with no critics. It's the boy Tariq Fatul. <laughs> so, uh, before we start off the show, to all my viewers out there, much love. But to all my critics, more love. Because you keep me going. Because at the end of the day, I have two chairs. One to my right, one to my left. Come take a seat. So we're going to start off with a special guest in the house. By the name of Muhammad. What up, what up? Aspiring physical therapist, currently in PT school. Mm -hmm. Good friend of mine. You know, take it away. Stage is yours. All right, awesome. So uh, my name is Muhammad uh, Alma Biden. I'm a physical, I'm a student physical therapist right now at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor at Belton, Texas. Um, I am a certified strength and conditioning coach, uh, NSCA certified, um, NS NCSF certified in personal training. Um, uh, so I've, I've trained for a couple years now, currently in my first semester in physical therapy school. And yeah, man, I, I've, I've enjoyed every, every minute of it, enjoyed, uh, just the whole journey of it, just getting there and, and being in that, that field. I love it. It's so, awesome. so, so explain to us the journey. So, so what made you want to go, what made you want to go into PT school? Explain the journey to us. So it's a, it's a good story actually. So my, so my dad, um, was working at a gas station when I was, was when I was younger and um, uh, well, he was basically short. Long story short, he was robbed at uh, point blank, and so uh, sawed off shotgun to the leg, uh, about in the quad area to the left side. Um, a doctor tells him that he probably won't ever be able to um, walk again normally um, if it if it were to get infected. Yada yada yada. All the specifics. Um, so um, fast forward, he meets his physical therapist. Um, again, the doctor's telling him that he might not be able to walk as, as well as he should. Um, he might not be able to go back to work, all these things that would take a big toll on my family, right? Because, you know, my mom yeah. wasn't able to work. She had to take care of me and of course, my yeah, sister. Yeah. Um, my dad was already working three jobs, and those three jobs were barely providing for us at that moment mm -hmm. in time. Um, but so, so while we're here, I mean, while, I mean at that point in time, um, I like just going through what my dad was thinking about, just like, man, like, I can't provide for my family. I can't do this. I can't do that. All because of some asshole that no shot one, me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, physical therapist takes over, um, gets him up and uh, gets him walking. Um, now he's it's almost you wouldn't be even you wouldn't even be able to tell that he's he's been shot. You have to like look. That's incredible. And see this. No, it's it's, it's, an amazing, it's an awesome story. Um, but um, yeah, so he tells me this just before I'm about to get into. Uh, college, so I graduated high school, and I'm thinking, what do I want to do? Uh, and um, I had full intentions of going into college uh, as a pharmacist or pharmacy, pre-pharmacy. Some in that field, yeah, yeah, something in that field, right? Exactly. <coughs> so, so when he tells me the story, I'm just thinking, wow, like this is just awesome. I can I can combine my passion of like you know, lifting and working out, and then taking that passion and providing with providing others with the same help that my dad was provided with. I mean, if had my dad had that physical therapist not taking care of my dad the way he did, I probably wouldn't be here, right? Not in, not in terms of death or anything. Yeah, but you right? have one. I mean, like, PT in terms of like PT school, yeah, yeah, like where I'm at in my life right yeah. now. Like he provides for the family. Shout out to OG. Yeah, shout honestly, out to OG. Shout out to Pops. Of course. Shout out to Pops. Well, let, let, let's just get let's get right to the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. cut to the chase. So we know that you're a certified trainer, and I'm well aware that you're into sports as well. So right. let's just let's talk. Let's go right into it right now. Yeah. So what causes more injuries, physical or improper uh, mechanics? So, so let, let's let's talk more about. 
physical and then physical contact and improper. Mechanics. Okay, so and then I'll, and then we'll get into the you know. Right, right. So I just want to clarify. So when you mean by what you mean by physical and improper mechanics, you're talking like non-contact. Non-contact. We're talking about pretty much contact versus to non-contact. non-contact which one's more prevalent? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not really qualified to like really answer mm-hmm. that, but from what I know. Um, and that's going to be the answer to almost everything I say in here. So just mm-hmm. future reference. But it's going to be, I'm not qualified, but I'll give you the best answer that I can. Um, so um, non-contact versus contact. Uh, I feel like, like in terms of, it depends on the injury. So like ACL, um, it's, you're looking at it between 70% to about 90 to 95% injuries are non-contact. Mm-hmm. So that's a big, that's a pretty big number. So it's right? like a wrong turn. So, so it's decelerating wrong uh, or inappro- uh, inappropriately i guess yeah yeah so it's decelerating the wrong way um just uh improper um like body awareness does that make sense mm-hmm. so not being aware of like your center of mass where it's at and gravity proprioception things like that mm-hmm. so proprioception is just your body's awareness where you are at that moment like you can close your eyes and it's kind of like closing your eyes and knowing that you're you're in your room and you know your way around your room, so you close your eyes and you go straight to the door and you know how to get there and you don't touch anything. It's like that. Yeah. That's probably your okay. right? Yeah. So just to kind of clarify that for people. But um, but yeah, so I, I would I would lean more on the side of non contact, depending on the injury, but then also you get things like contact. So like let's say like a bone fracture. Like vers- so ACL versus a bone fracture. ACL is non contact mostly. Uh, a bone fracture is probably gonna be contact, right? Mm-hmm. So you run into somebody, it's gonna take a head hard collision for you to fracture that bone yeah Makes sense yeah so that's just kind of like my take on that okay so we we've seen throughout the sports you know world that you know injuries are you know on the rise right you know we've had guys like you know jimmy garoppolo you know derrick rose mm-hmm. i mean jabari parker you know we've had all kinds of injuries right and you know all these three guys that i'm referring to i mean these have been non-contact you know acl tears yeah i mean it's it's sad to see, but it really is. You know, though. It really is. It really is, especially on the part of the of the trainer. Oh yeah. The trainers and who they. I mean, you think that at that level you'd have the trainers to to to. You just you can't. I actually I read an article this morning. Yeah. So I was looking on you know why injuries are you know occurring more prevalent as to before. Mm-hmm. So w- one of the reasons one of the reasons it, it was really amusing because they said a big reason why is so the big two reasons why is. Bending is a big reason, and flight or fight or flight response. Bending, what do you mean by bending? Like as in, you know, it just said bending was a big okay. reason, like you know, okay. like joint bending, things like that. People okay, are so not okay. bending okay. it the right way. Right. So another, the big reason why was fight or flight response. Okay. So and by that is your adrenaline is really high whenever you 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 know enter the right. fight or flight mm-hmm. response. Right, right, right. So I think nowadays we have athletes who can you know run 20 miles an hour and, you know, hit at the force of a car. So I think a big reason is, is so you have those athletes coming at you, you know, your fight or flight response, you know, is not mainly on you. It's, it's mainly on, you know, just how your brain reacts. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what, you know, is a big reason why you see these, you know, improper mechanics is because your body's not supposed to make these turns or cuts, you know, but it's the way your body reacts. It's not, it's not, it's not you for, for instance, it's like your body doing something it's not supposed to do. It's going so, past its limit. So just to clarify, so, you're, you're, so the article was saying that that 
the body is withstanding a lot more force now than it used to, and we can't and handle for, that kind of thing. And for instance, like fight or flight response is like your body it's exceeds another limit. Because so it's in that general I think, state. Yeah, I think okay. your body can't necessarily, you know, yeah. take take what you're, you know, you're doing. Like, for instance, say say there's that theory, you know, if someone's under a car, you know, your fight or flight response will give you enough power to lift that car. Yeah. I mean, okay. can you do that on a regular day? Oh, no. You know, <laughs> no, we can't. But <laughs> it's that adrenaline rush, you know. So, I mean, well, that, that really And it's, also, really it's also to a fact that, we got to call for what it is. Athletes nowadays, they're more advanced than they were back mm -hmm. then. They're Absolutely. much more athletic than Absolutely. they were back then. Oh, I mean, ge generation by generation, athletes have just been improving physically, mentally, emo like anyway. Athletes have been improving in every aspect. Right. So that's why you, you see those nasty injuries. You see those, those uh, Gordon Hayward injuries. You, yeah. see, you see bad injuries because their bodies shouldn't be – you shouldn't see a, a seven-footer running up and down a court at a, at a super fast pace. <laughs> no. You really shouldn't see that. <laughs> no, but yeah. it's just the way how, you know, it's, how we've yeah. adapted, you know, how we adapted to society and how, you know, athletes That's what I was going to get improved. at, too, is that, like, that we've adapted to that. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. we just all of a sudden became monsters on the field. Yeah. And, and, and the sport is still the same thing. It is a sports changed with the adaptations that the human mm -hmm. body has made in those things. Like, people are, like, there's freak athletes on the field now. Insane. They're doing crazy things that, you've never seen before um, moving forward. And so it's just, I think it's, I honestly think it's an amazing thing. And then you also get that side where I'm a firm believer in that the human body can withstand a lot more than people think, a lot more than what people think. So, um, so can you explain that? Yeah. Well, I mean, not really though. Like it's like, it's a big, it's a really big question mark mm -hmm. when you, when you talk about things like that. It's I, I just think that people's, it's because I mean I can't I can't speak on behalf of those people who's mm -hmm. people who do think that way. My my thing is just that like if my thing's like if you're if you're like okay let's say you're built like um what like Zeke right mm -hmm. this guy takes a pounding almost yeah how, we can how, and we know yeah, I mean yeah, I'm right. not, I don't know if you're familiar with the numbers so you guys should probably provide me with that like or provide the viewer, listeners with that uh, how many pickups is he getting a game or how many, how many, how many carries he's gonna yeah. get at least on average more than 25 a game, 25 a game. which there. is a pretty which is a pretty high number right mm -hmm. yeah right, especially right. if, if and, a 270 pound dude and he's getting hit you. hard every yeah. one of those plays right yeah. yeah yeah and so it's like back then probably wouldn't have fly you know flew by you know that, mm -hmm. that probably wouldn't have been okay training back then was a lot different the research behind training back then was a lot different the evidence behind supplementation was a lot different mm -hmm. back then uh, diet was a lot different back then um, I mean, back then they used to think that lactic acid was the reason why we, uh, why we feel that burn in mm -hmm. our in our muscles. Not yeah, the so now. I, I, I guess, so it's like, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, sorry about that. No. What what? Whenever you said the injuries are increasing, yeah. I think it's more of a. I don't think you can blame the science to it and everything. I feel like if you're just an athlete, you're gonna get injured regardless. Mm -hmm. Regardless if there's technology that is that can get you healthy in a week. Regardless if the medicine is you know top-notch athletes are going to be athletes you're going to make that wrong turn no matter how good the medicine is how good your trainer is if you're going to make that wrong turn you're going to make that wrong turn but i can say that i can say though that the recovery process has, has improved drastically yeah i mean you look at the 1990s 1980s that's a really good point and yeah. an acl tear could ruin a guy's career oh, for instance yeah. bo jackson he never he never played 
the same. Or he, he never played beyond two years after he tore his ACL. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I'm trying to get at, though, is that the recovery process has improved drastically. Okay, well, yeah. And that's what I love about it. Recovery I mean, process, mm-hmm. the surgeon's technique of, of, of actually reconstructing it. Yeah. I, I think I believe, like, they used to reconstruct it with, like, um, what was it? They're, uh, they used to use cadavers. So that would be called, like, an allograft. Mm-hmm. They'd use cadaver tissue. Um, they found in research that that was absolutely – terrible that that would not work in an athlete you know maybe like an everyday joe who doesn't really do much yeah but like an athlete that needs that needs that cut that yeah. needs that knee stability it would it wouldn't work mm-hmm. and so now they're doing things like patellar tendon grafts and that would be um that would be called an autograft right using your own body's tissue to mm-hmm. um replace whatever it is that was torn so wow. I, th- I just think that's um yeah, I think that's a really good point, though. Recovery um, uh, techniques, everything's just changed along with us. So it's improved drastically. Am- it's you amazing, used to look at an ACL tear. An ACL tear potentially could ruin a guy's career, but now an ACL tear is like a few months, and now you're back. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. And I have right. a question for you. Do you think that we'll end up getting to a point where maybe like an ACL tear, for example, because it naturally takes around a year to – or or, oh, or so, nine, so you're nine, ten about, months. Like, maybe like I mean, from what I from what I know or from what I've uh, seen in the in the clinic, um, about <coughs> you're looking up about six to six to eight months. Okay, so, so approximately. So do you think do you think in a matter of time it'll end up being potentially three to four months? Two to it's. Two I mean, to, I can't really. Months, do you I think? can't speak on behalf of the future like that. I mean, I, I could. I mean, I could see. It. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, but I think the way that technology is improving, the way that the medicine is improving, I think it potentially. could. I think it could too. I mean, there's. I've seen crazy things out. I, yeah. The I personally. There's a chip out there now that you can yeah. put in your spine that can make you walk again. They're working on things like that. I, I wow. personally, insane, I don't so. know about the ACL. But I mean, I, it's a ligament, and the thing about the human body is you got to let it heal on its own pace. So, I mean, you speeding up the process, I don't think that'd be scientifically good. Well, if they found a way, I think what he's saying is, like, if you find a way to efficiently speed up that process. Like, well, if, it, if it works, then it works. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, they efficiently like, found like a way it, oh, we're the just 90s. Gonna, I mean, they improved from the 90s to, you know, early 2000s. It's improved drastically. They found it just. It, yeah. It, it, I, I think they've improved. They I mean, can make surgery, it more efficient. But let, me, let me reword that. Recovery. Yeah, yeah. Recovery. Recovery is the whole. So, the ACL, I mean, we, we know we can repair it within, you know, one day of surgery. But right. The, the thing we're worried about is that recovery process. Yeah. So it's you know you you don't you never want to speed up a recovery process. No, absolutely not. So that'd never be a good thing. No, no, no. So the only thing I think they could improve on the aspect, from I mean what I've seen, or you know the articles I've read, I think would be just you know, surgery techniques. Yeah, surgery techniques. And I think that's what they've been implementing throughout. I mean, yeah, the years. I mean, and then and then all these things will play a big role in it. Just the way you train, the way you mm-hmm. physical therapy takes care of you, and and things like that. Just making sure that you've got a good. Good, good people behind you during your recovery process, yeah, and these athletes do. I'm sure they do. Um, so yeah. And so. It t- tell people, you know, about the ACL, because so, I mean, not a, not a lot of people know, you know, the importance of your ACL and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So I you mean, know, tell them, you know, the anatomy behind it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, ACE. Um, so, so you want to know the anatomy behind it, as in, yeah. like, like insertion points and stuff like that. As or in I don't what's <laughs> its need. I don't know. I want to get. No, no. As that. in, like, what's its need and things like. Okay, that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's that's it. I can answer that. So, um. The ACL is basically used for, like, rotational stability. So think, like, planting your foot mm-hmm. and pivoting off that foot to go into a different direction. Yeah. So, like, agility. So, so a guy like a like, like, like NFL wide out, that's going to – he's definitely going to need something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, soccer players need that. Basketball players need that, right? And that's why you see those injuries are more prevalent in those kind of sports. Yeah. You won't see um, an ACL tear uh, – I mean – As eh, common in baseball, As common example. in, like, yeah. a marathon runner, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so – those things, thinking like a marathon runner would be like a linear 
linear. Um, they're not making the sharp turns. They don't exactly. have that, yeah, that lateral. Like they're going. Yeah. They're going straight, right? Mm -hmm. They're going in a straight line. They don't really need that um, rotational stability, right? Just the way the ACL is inserted on the um, in between those in between mm -hmm. that joint. Um, it's a ligament between the joint. So just to com just to kind of clarify things with the listeners, that ligament is bone to bone, right? So it's just a just that tissue that attaches or helps uh, keep that femur um, uh, attached to the uh, tibia. So just keeps everything uh, mm -hmm. stable there. And there's a lot of other ligaments there that play a role in instability as well. But ACL specific, um, yeah. So like point period, rotational stability. So. Um, I also think it'd be like a really good thing to point out that you don't need your ACL in um, um, everyday activities, right? So um, you don't need your ACL to swim. Mm -hmm. You don't need your ACL to climb stairs. You don't need your ACL to uh, run in a straight line like a marathon runner. Uh, I think these are things that a lot of people have like a very false image about. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need your ACL to ride a bike, things like that, right? So anything that requires that like I said earlier, that straight movement, you don't need it. It'd be better. But right. And so they yeah. villainize this. They villainize the ACL. And so people hear ACL. Like, oh, my God, his career is over. Oh, my God, this is going to be so bad. And mm -hmm. it's really I would personally fear a meniscus tear over an ACL. And then you ask why. And, 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 and that's because down the road, like in the long, long stretch of things, I can live my whole entire life without an ACL. I mean, maybe like, you know, I won't be able to perform. As efficient as, yeah. as, as an athlete, right? Um, but um, as well as an athlete, but I can still, you know, do everyday activities. Whereas if you partially tear or you tear a meniscus, the compressive forces through that joint. So as in like I, I take a step, there's a lot more force going through my knee now that could lead to a knee replacement in the future. Mm. Osteoarthritis and stuff like that. So I think people don't really, yeah. don't really get that gist. I mean, you hear like an injury, you see an injury report on on ESPN, and it just gives you like this small thing, and nobody knows what the hell they're talking about, right? They, I'm sure I mean, I'm saying ESPN. I'm talking yeah. about like people who read it. They're like, okay, I don't know what this means, right? And so, I mean, it's just one of those things. I could that see that. Sense. So, <coughs> back back to what you said about how you don't need the ACL. I mean, I think I think a good point would be Heinz Ward. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great that's a great example, actually. So I, I think l let let the viewers know you know a little bit of how you know. Yeah, yeah, so more, uh, more so of the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Heinz Ward didn't, I, th I think, what was it, his left knee? His left knee didn't have an ACL. Um, and in his case, it was like, I think he just had so much musculature around that knee mm -hmm. to compensate for that. Um, so that's that's what helped him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, um, that it didn't, you know, for that reason, he wasn't able to cut as well as he mm -hmm. was. But I mean, the guy was a Super Bowl MVP, I think. So, so that, that Super Bowl. Super Bowl 41, 40? Something like that. 40, 41, something like that. Um, but, no, yeah, so he had the surrounding musculature around to, to kind of provide that stability. And I mm -hmm. think he didn't have his ACL, like, he didn't have his ACL before, actually. Like, he didn't have his ACL getting drafted. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's – so I think two teams passed up on him. and <coughs> His, uh, his story is pretty cool. Like, he um, – I mean, he's arguably – I don't know if he – I think he made it to the Hall of Fame. Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, that, it, that I don't know. If not, I haven't really been, you know, paying attention to the Hall of Fame, but right, right, he's right. definitely a Hall of Fame athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Super Bowl I, champion. I, so, so people get this false idea like, oh, um, like, oh, no, no, you can't do anything without your ACL. Oh, no, you can't. You can't be an athlete without your ACL. You can't do this. The body it can can do amazing things. I mean, sure, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take, take away mm -hmm. other pieces to, to compensate for that, 
I mean, like the muscle's gonna have to work a lot harder to provide stability for that knee now, right? So yeah, you know, you're you're right. I I just don't think you can play it. It's harder to play at that top level. Mm-hmm. You won't be yourself. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not saying that yeah. you're gonna be still amazing. But you I'm can live. You can, you still, can live life. You can still perform. Yeah. You can still do. He's gonna have to work a million times harder than Absolutely. somebody who do, who does have their ACL on the off season, right? He's gonna have mm-hmm. to condition right. He's gonna have to make sure all these things are right. Um, his muscles. He's gonna have to make sure they're 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 recovering the right way because that's his sole source of stability now. Yeah. That he doesn't have an ACL. He needs something to provide that stability. So. His muscles are taking a toll. His quads, like those oh, are yeah. taking his hamstrings, everything. So I think it's just a really cool story. About I mean, j- just shout out to those athletes because, you know, a guy like me, I have two, you know, perfect ACLs, and I feel like my body can can <laughs> can't take it no more. I'm just breaking down, man. <laughs> you're getting old. So I don't know That's how the they problem. do it. You're just getting old. <laughs> you're just getting you're old, aging. Man. You're aging ten times faster than athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about something else breaking down. How about the top prospect in the NBA draft? So, we had a show earlier we, where we talked about Markel Fultz and yeah. thoracic outlet syndrome. Yeah, I listened. To that. that was a great, really great show. So, I actually wanted to bring you in today to you know br- break it down more on you know the subject of thoracic outlet syndrome, mm-hmm. and just tell us you know the effects of it you know mentally and the mental and physical effects. So, I mean, I don't want to really speak on behalf of, like, the mental effects because, mm-hmm. I mean... It can mentally... It can, that can that can vary to, to well, any... Yeah, that can... Even, I, I get even, you. But, like, I don't think it would be fair for me to say, oh, it's so devastating, and, you know, I've never and gone through some, it. I've never feeling, gone yeah, through yeah. it, right? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure it is, though. I'm sure, like, you know, guys like Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. like, he's just... He's just... I mean, that whole year... So, I'm not really... Um, I'm not really big on NBA. I'm going to clarify that right now for the viewers. Yeah. I'm not a big NBA fan. Um, but honestly, since like reading up about Markel Fultz and getting into it, it's really yeah. interesting. The uh, so Markel Fultz about like what was it like a year ago? They were like freaking out. They didn't know what was wrong with him or something like that. Yeah, how do you guys can you guys can? He yeah, had, he had a he he got drafted number one. Right, huge amounts of hype around him. Philadelphia traded up. Philadelphia originally had the number three pick in the draft. Okay, but he worked out for Philadelphia, and it's just a pre-draft workout. And his pre-draft workout was insane. So they traded up for the number one pick. They drafted Markel Fultz, and then a little a little before training camp, I believe he they found out he had a dislocated shoulder. Okay, he had a dislocated shoulder. He came back, and he still wasn't the same. Okay, actually, he had a dislocated shoulder while he was playing. Supposedly, yeah, while he was playing in the NBA. So whenever he, whenever he would shoot a free throw, whenever he would play, it looked like there was something wrong with the shoulder. Right. So he was out for a while, and then so everyone thought that hey, you know this. Whenever he came back, they thought he was all right. Yeah. He comes back, he's still not the same. He's still not the number one picked out we thought he was going to be well then there was some stuff going on with his trainers and then eventually people thought there was something wrong with him mentally well after a few visits to phys- physical therapists and you know a bunch of certified you know specialists they still didn't diagnose what was wrong with him as, uh, except for recently they you know diagnosed that he has thoracic outlet syndrome right so i mean it's just crazy to see someone like that who was highly regarded who had uh, immense amounts of potential that you know, that might not even have a future with you know with the franchise that just drafted him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I was reading, so I was reading up on him, um, and uh, I was watching videos about him, and like this guy was amazing from what I could tell. Like he's yeah, no, you're you're not gonna go number one if you're not right, if you're, right, yeah, right, yeah. So that's just and apparently that was like a super loaded draft, was it not? Who uh, who else was in that draft? I don't yeah, know. Jason actually. Tatum, Donovan yeah. Mitchell, Lonzo yeah, Ball, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. This goes on. Yeah, that's awesome. So it was a very loaded draft, and him being first is a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Um, so 
I'm, I'm looking at videos and I'm watching these guys talk about like what's going on. And at this point, like, so I'm watching videos about from like 11 months ago and these guys are talking like, I don't, this is the weirdest thing in NBA history, single most weirdest thing. We don't know what's wrong with him. He, this guy has his shot down. He comes into the NBA. He just doesn't know how to shoot anymore. And then you're seeing headlines like, is his shot broken? Is it, is it mentally? Is it, is it all in his head? Um, it's, it's, it's a number like, of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm thinking like, like think about your Mark, your Markel Fultz right now and you're seeing, like not only are you going through all this, you're but now you're reading these headlines. Like, and now you're seeing trade you're rumors. You're a bust or it's all in your head and you're lying about your injury or you're just messing up, right? Yeah. That's that's hard. That's got to be mentally tough. The that's biggest hard. thing. Wanna, you're 19 years old. Let's keep in mind. Yeah. He's oh, 19 yeah, years yeah. old. That's a good point. Yeah. He's like a young kid. Yeah. Man. Like that would take He's a my toll. Age. I mean, that would take a toll on me. Bro. I'm like, I'm like four years older than him. Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people don't understand. You know, he's still a he's, kid. You're reading these headlines about like, I'm reading these headlines and my heart hurts for this dude. Like, yeah. damn, like that sucks. Um. So just to clarify, like thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, you 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 pretty had it. You you pretty much had it down. Like one time you brought it up in your in your show. Oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That was a couple of shows ago. So I was so um just basically it's just compression. Depending on which thoracic outlet syndrome, there's two different kinds. There's the um the I think it's the wait, bear with me, everyone here on the nerve. You, everyone, yeah, <laughs> and then on the here. arteries. I think it's like it's the, the there's the artery one, the vascular mm-hmm. uh, thoracic outlet syndrome, and then there's the neurogenic mm. thoracic outlet syndrome. Okay, I um, I, didn't, I didn't know those. So so neurogenic would be like <laughs> compression of like the nerves, like the bundle of nerves ne- near your neck that sends all the signals down to the muscles of your arms, mm-hmm. right? Which is a pretty big <laughs> thing. That yeah, for basketball, basketball player, overhead. Yeah. <laughs> you um and then the vascular one I think is a little bit more. Um, that would be a little bit more compromising, because when you think about like closing off like a hose, like a water hose, oh, okay. you can't you can't get the blood flow. Sort of like arm. a blood that would clot. probably potentially have more detrimental effects than neurogenic, uh, th- neurogenic one. The neurogenic one would have, um, but they're both equally bad. But I think neurogenic is the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, so uh, there's a lot of causes about it. There's um there's I think one of the causes is just hi- hypertrophy, which is just muscle gain in the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and because the, the the bundle of nerves runs through that that those these two muscles, the scalene muscles, um, your neck muscles basically, um, and uh, so when that so think like a very s- a narrow like hallway, and then just you know the nerves are in that hallway, and then just a big, just I mean a very like you have the muscles constricting that area. Oh, okay. sorry, that's probably a really bad analogy, but you get you kind of get where I'm going here. Um, and so it constricts that. And so now the, the nerves can't send the signals down to the muscles, right? So they can't perform as well as they can. So there's, well some, there's that blocking There's factor. just that blockage of signal yeah. to the muscle. And so um, that, that's sort of – and, and I, I wanted to bring up there was a thing where you were talking about how um, the medical staff and how um, – yeah, I said that how there was blame to the Philadelphia training yeah, staff yeah, yeah, yeah. and how there's blame to and also so the I wanted to, I wanted to jump on that because my thing is like I don't I don't think it's fair to say that the medical staff like should be like taken down for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a so this kind of diagnosis apparent from what I know is that um, neurogenic uh, neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome can't be diagnosed with just one test. There's a word for this. I just don't know what mm-hmm. it is. But like testing, you can't diagnose it with just one test. It's got to be like proven. It's a diagnosis of um, basically like el- it's like a process of elimination. You have to eliminate, okay, is it this? No. Is it this? Okay, no. That is it this? No. Sense. Is it this? No. And then you get down to the point where, okay, well, I don't – shit, this might be thera- neurogenic thoracic mm-hmm. outlet syndrome or whatever. So um, he starts presenting these cases, these symptoms, and so that's what they, that's what they go that's, with. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – um, 
I mean, yeah. it makes it makes sense because uh, it took a year and a half to diagnose. Okay, yeah. they, they threw all these assumptions. I mean, we we had all these rumors. Oh, he you know ha- got in a dirt bike accident. Right. Oh, he tried to change his shooting form. His his uh, his his trainer said that it was scapular dyskinesia. Yeah. Like his scap- basically, his, they said a scapular, scapular imbalance wasn't. They weren't could have caused. They weren't in line, so yeah. that would like cause his you know back to round. Yeah. His his. You know whatever we can get. It was just mind boggling because. You know, all these things that happen, all these assumptions, you know, all these rumors, you know, the media bashing him, yeah. you know, saying, oh, he's a bust. I mean, the guy, it took 10 specialists to diagnose. Yeah. Yeah. So and, it, and, and that's from I mean, from the, the history of thoracic outlet syndrome, that's yeah. usually what what happens. You got to cut him some slack. No, I mean, absolutely. No, no, no. This is not the medical staff. I, I don't know. <coughs> like, like they, they they need. Yeah. It, so I don't know how familiar you are with familiar uh, you are with it but how treatable is thoracic outlet syndrome uh from what i know it's pretty treatable depending on what's the cause like if it's the muscles mm-hmm. of the neck um if it's the uh if it's just so like let's say your your shoulders are rounded so any listeners who like just actually like round their shoulders now mm-hmm. you could see that that would kind of yeah sh- like lessen or, or compress that area mm. near your neck your collarbone between the collarbone right so just having that kind of posture throughout the day day mm-hmm. in and day out that compresses it right so now you add overhead right so now i'm here i'm rounding shoulders sorry i don't <laughs> can't see me so i'm rounding my shoulders that's compressed yeah. i raise my hand over my head now and it's really compressed yeah so that's why you start to see that hesitation with Marco whenever Fultz he shoots when he takes that yeah, shot, that he takes a shot he can like double pump a little bit yeah he'll wait for that sig- it's, oh, it's kind of almost like the signal is like trying to get through yeah and then he shoots it and it's off because mm-hmm. he's momentum yeah, yeah okay that makes sense so it's 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 a it's a really strange thing um um but uh there's there's uh people can do back uh so i, I don't i'm not really qualified to answer what I mean, they I mean, can do but from what i know i mean reasoning. i'm sure that you can you can like strengthen your back muscles to kind of mm-hmm. retract your shoulder blades back get you back in that proper um posture <laughs> position uh, just to make sure that maybe okay, if this is the cause and we get him back to this good posture, this can this can mm-hmm. eliminate that feeling. But if he's still having that compression, they have to go in and and just really look at the imaging and see what's really really what's going on. They don't. Some people, I think there was a famous MLB player. What was it? Um, that played for the Mets. I don't know his name. The pitcher, but he had a thoracic outlet syndrome. I think Matt Harvey. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's his name. Um, he had a cervical. Uh, he had an extra cervical rib. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that compresses that area a lot. So it could be as simple as just going in and removing that rib, and then you're done, right? Yeah. So, but it, it's, it's a it's simple a, thing that can have a very dramatic effect. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think it's it's just a matter of you know can you diagnose it because a lot of doctors really have trouble. Yeah. Because sure. you know they 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 like the you know they like to weed out things before they you know make an initial diagnosis. Yeah, exactly. And I mean it's just so for a good example I wanted to you know look at I mean. I referred to you, you know, before you came on the show, I said, you know, take a look at Landry Fields, you know, for instance, the guy was, you know, later on, you know, unfortunately, he didn't get diagnosed early on in his career. Mm-hmm. Later on, they got to figure out he had thoracic outlet syndrome. And beforehand, they said his career was over. Yeah, that's I mean, that's so you, you did a little bit of research on that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, think watched it was his, I actually just watched like some of his not really research. I, I kind of watch just watch a shot mm-hmm. like with it, with him having that. Yeah, it was. I just think it's like so. I just think it's so interesting. So he, it's like almost. So the way he explained it in an interview was that he goes up to shoot the ball, mm-hmm. and his like, his fifth and fourth finger kind of like curl in just before he's about to shoot, 
And so it's almost like his arm is trying to grab, grip the ball really tight before he shoots. It just throws everything off. That's just really interesting to me. And he was he was talking about how he associates pain with something wrong with his body. Mm-hmm. So when he had this thing, this problem that was going on, he's thinking, okay, is this mental? Because I don't feel any pain. Something's yeah. wrong with does me. Does it hurt you? So, so so he's going on with these whatever is going on, and it could be it could be damaging his nerve even more as time progresses. Um, he doesn't even know it because he's he's associating pain pain yeah. with with that. And so he he's go, assuming that an injury is is. It's pain. Yeah, pain is related with injuries, which is not really it's the, not case, the not case. No, absolutely not. And he goes um, to his trainers like really late, mm-hmm. apparently, from what I know. He talks to them about it, and, and they do the same thing, right? Process of elimination. They apparently, what was it? They didn't. They ended up finding not. They ended up finding out. I mean, after the dude got you know called that, oh, your right. career is done. Yeah, it's horrible. And the frustrating part about this is. There was a doctor that said, you know, he, he specializes in thoracic outlet syndrome. Oh, he said in his whole that. career, he has never, ever seen an NBA player diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome. He and said he's seen in the MLB where, you know, you're using a yeah, lot of overhand movement. Yeah. But he said in basketball, there's not enough like, you know, you're, you're not using as much, you know, physical strength when you're using that overhand. He said, so I wouldn't even think an NBA player should get it. Right. But so it's crazy now. So I mean, we have two everyone. in the last eight years. Yeah. So I mean, that a lot, a lot of it has it's to do. It's very rare. Don't yeah, it's rare. So, so the rest of syndrome. Just to clarify, that's this is a rare mm-hmm. thing to have, um, especially in basketball. Yeah. So we've had two guys initially diagnosed. So you got. So you get that it's rare. Added, add in the fact that it's hard to diagnose. Mm-hmm. That's just. And then it's just like it's one of those things. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have no pain, like you know, like you said, you know. See, and then that starts just, to break down that dude mentally. And Landry Fields talking about like I'm a I'm a pretty mental guy already. So yeah. I had this injury, and I'm thinking like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, what's I can't shoot right. I don't know. Is it me? Is it is it my body? Am I not? Am I doing something wrong here? And, and it's just on top of that, the media his end. Like that sucks. That sucks. It's tough to see. But I'm glad. I'm happy to see that Mark Fultz was diagnosed, mm-hmm. and that he they they're they're working on relieving that compression wherever that may be there's oh yeah, yeah. before so, you know something serious could yeah, happen that's, to the that's guy a, that's amazing talent and i'd hate to see that get yeah. wasted that's like he's, I, he's i'm more i'm more worried about his mental health right i mean at this point i mean i'm you, glad you guys asked that stage. that's a good thing a lot of people like forget that people forget the mental aspect of training of mm-hmm. of and i'm talking about as little as just going to the gym the mental aspect of everything that you do Fitness related, athletic related, anything like that's t- t- it, it takes a huge toll. It's a it's a bigger piece of the puzzle than people think it is. It's their it's their life. I mean, yeah. they've trained their whole life for it. It's it's become their job. It's it's their it's, future you be for some guys mentally. Just and it would and it will it will set you back. You could be the the, the most amazing, talented, strongest athlete on the field, mm-hmm. and a bad mental day, and you're out. Like you're not doing as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it sucks. Yeah. You got to be mentally and physically prepared yeah, absolutely. for whatever you do. Absolutely. So I mean, just you know, for those you know, mental health awareness, you know, people should really, you know, take into big account. I mean, we have a guy like Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. who I mean, he has all the physical attributes to be a top receiver in the league. Right. I mean, his mental health is just. I don't know. He, the guy needs serious help. I think at the point he shouldn't focus on football. Yeah, I heard. Worry you about himself. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of more. There's more important things in this life than you know just sports. Right. I mean, guys have a life after. Mm-hmm. So you know, just shout out to these guys and their comebacks and things like that. Absolutely. So, 
let's just cut to the point. I know you. You know me. We're we're both huge Dak Prescott supporters. That's right. That's right. I I I I got a question for you. Let's just let's just throw it out here right, right. now. How good? Andrew Luck is in the playoffs. Oh, Won anyways, nine of his last ten. Anyway, this, this for you, Mo. How, how how good do you think Dak Prescott can be? I think that he has. I still think that he has the potential to be great. That's that's my opinion moving forward, and I'm just leave it at that. I think that he just has. I think he has great potential. I think people don't give him the credit that he deserves. He yeah. he he makes he makes great athletic plays. He makes really good plays. Plays you know. Just it's it. That I usually that yeah okay. So the way that I think of it though, and the way I don't understand how. My, my my partner here doesn't doesn't <laughs> understand it. Is that if someone if we always talk about someone's potential, right. how good someone can be in the future, right. someone's mistakes, how he can improve it. Well, let's look at Dak Prescott's mistakes. Are you going to tell me that he can't improve improve his mistakes? You're going to tell me that if someone that had the best rookie season of all time cannot improve his mistakes? Keep in mind, he's only in his third year. Yeah. He's had a pretty decent start to his his career so far. Yeah. Can, can you can you agree on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Two we, two so playoff <laughs> appearances already in his in three years. I mean, at the end of the day, wins matter. Yeah. So, <laughs> I potentially like he. Does, and first of all, let's not get it. Let's not get it. You know, mixed up. He's not the best QB in the NFL. No, definitely, definitely not. Definitely not top ten. But I just think. Oh my god. But I just think that we shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think that we should rush the case that hey, this guy sucks. That this guy is not good. Well, man, he's only in his third year. We got to slow the brakes down. We got to see how good this guy can really be and see if he actually improves his weaknesses. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> we were, and we were talking yeah. about this. Got to cough up some, some BS there. Oh, my God. So we were talking about this before the show to, to all the listeners out there. It's, so I, I, was telling, I was telling these guys that my, my biggest thing about Dak Prescott is that I just feel like that like, he has like a one-track mind in the sense that like he sees one direction. He has like this target, and if he doesn't get that target – He's just gonna like toss the ball over, or he doesn't have like a set. Yeah. He can't. He can't. He can't scan the field as well that he, as he, as well as he should. Yeah. To be. And I can, I can agree with. Uh, so that's my only problem with him. But that's. But I was like I was saying, Todd here. That's that, like, a fixable that's, problem. That's a fixable problem. That's something that you can fix. And then you've got this guy over here, uh, not, Mister Not he Top just, Ten. He what just you, goes <laughs> out on. A, he goes out on a limb and says that he look, just cannot throw. He just can't throw. But you if can't. you look at the statistics, you look at his completion percentage, you look at how clutch he is in the fourth quarter whenever there's five minutes left and he has to make that game-winning drive. Yeah. He shows that he can, you know, provide. Look, the instincts to be a good QB. Check this out. This is this is common logic, okay? A, t- a turtle can understand this, okay? <laughs> a quarterback lacks the ability to throw, okay? It's like a boxer lacking the ability to punch. You can't punch. You can't be a great boxer. You can't throw. You can't be a good quarterback. For instance, you can't catch. You can't be a good wide receiver. I mean, I can go on all day about this. <laughs> okay. I mean, the, the thing the to guy, your logic, though, is that you say can that he throw. cannot throw. The he, guy cannot throw a football. He doesn't know. <laughs> what, 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 what logic to that is? Like, can you, I mean, you can throw can a five-yard pass and your receiver yeah, runs 50. Gonna, I mean, okay. So if he has 455 yards in a game, you okay. can't say so the you main can prior, prior to that, he didn't have a, a 300-yard throwing game within, I think, 24 games. Was he winning games? Mistaken. But was he winning games? That's the question. That's all that matters in the NFL. Was he winning I games? Mean, if, I mean, if you're, if you're happy with nine and six – I mean, applauds to you, man. I mean, that's not just on him, yeah. though. I mean, what about you the missed the playoffs the, years, gonna, the, the year before. He's, that's, that's, he's mediocre. That's the thing about look, him. He jumps look, to conclusions. He jumps to Dax. <laughs> look, Max why, why Kellerman. Don't, why don't we? Why don't we jump to this conclusion whenever Dak has a new coaching system, a new system around him, new coaching staff, a better offensive coordinator? Why can't we just? Look, look, why can't we be patient, wait for this coaching staff to leave? Why do we have to jump? Said, why do we have to jump on the train and say, "Hey, Dak Prescott is garbage. Let's get him out of here." Well, I mean, you can't just say that because it's so easy. Because whenever, because whenever. 
Tony Romo was in his ear, you know, his, his rookie year, how great of a rookie year did he have? Amazing. An amazing rookie year. Amazing rookie so year. can we just slow Tony the Tony Romo? That's why he got the job. Yes. Tony yeah. Romo uh, didn't play his first two years. No, that's what I'm saying. Tony Romo was in his ear. He's talking about like the oh, like Dak Prescott for Dak Prescott started his rookie year. Tony Romo was on the sideline giving him advice. Yeah, but you got to take into account guys weren't doing film study, things like that. And we we, the guy lost second round of the playoffs with a 13-3 record. I mean, (laughs) I I will give it to Aaron Rodgers. You know, (laughs) a 13-3 record as a rookie is good. I don't understand why that's so bad. But we had a phenomenal team. We had the best O line in the league. We had Zeke who led the NFL in rushing. Mo, I know you personally, and I know know, I know how everyone projected the Cowboys to be. They projected the Cowboys to not even make the playoffs. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, honestly, keep in mind we were four and twelve that the year before with with the backup QB that was playing backup the whole year. Whenever Tony Romo came in, we we knew we were going to be good. He got injured again. Everyone thought, okay, Cowboys are not making the playoffs again. Dak Prescott had an amazing preseason. Mm-hmm. He came into the season, had an amazing season. I mean, there's there's no excuse to it. I mean, like I said, if y'all are, you know, satisfied with mediocrity, you know, you, you do your thing, man. I, I don't understand how that's mediocre, though. Like, mediocre, though. Having the best rookie season of all time, that's, that's not. not mediocre. That's not mediocre. I don't know. My okay. thing is, hold on, hold on, good, hold on, like, hold on. I, like I always bring up, hold Mark on. Sanchez. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Guy took the hold Jets on. to the well, AFC Championship. Why is it that you're putting the blame on just Dak, though? My thing is, like, why can't No, no, he... I think we, we have an issue coaching. But the thing is, I've seen Dak. absolutely have yeah, an issue Dak's coaching. Yeah, Dak's game, Dak is by far what I've seen, one of the worst pocket pass quarterbacks in the pocket in the NFL. So, but that, that automatically makes him the, the guy hasn't fixed that within that makes, three years. So that, so that means no, no. he's like the... But I haven't seen improvement. That, that's the whole issue. I haven't seen improvement in his passing game. I haven't seen improvement because in his you can't, pocket because presence. Taking in, no, because I you're think, only taking into account what he's, what he's We doing. can testify that there's been improvements within his passing. Because if you look at last year, especially when he didn't have Ezekiel Elliott, he had a tough year. He had, he had a down year. Look at this year. He's improved heavily. And that's a lot of credit to Zeke, but I mean, he's still improved as a passer. Completion rates off the roof. Absolutely. Touchdown to interception, inter- interception ratio is pretty decent. Yeah. So I mean, you can't. I mean, just he say, has his highest interceptions thrown. For his I mean, career the ratio. Season. I'm not talking about the highest interceptions. I'm talking about the ratio is pretty decent. I think his ratio is his the worst. His completion. It's his worst touchdown I'm gonna, interception I'm gonna, ratio I'm gonna go, of his career. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I mean, and, but improved. how many drop balls have Hold there on. been within receivers though? I mean, we're talking about touchdown interception ratio, not drop balls. But I mean, how many? It's, you said it's his best. You said it's a decent ratio, but it's the worst of his career. But how many receivers drop balls and then it becomes an interception? Same thing with last year. But a drop ball has nothing to do with interception. If a receiver catches a ball and then the ball slips, that has nothing to do with his touchdown interception ratio. And then it turns so into that's an on the receiver, not on the quarterback. No, but it'll so now it'll the receiver's interception. The receivers that's throw interceptions. No, but he's saying that that still gets. I understand, but was what he his whole argument was his touchdown interception ratio is is decent, but it's the worst of his career. Uh, well, well I'm, I'm not so talking. About, I'm not talking about career wise. I'm saying in the NFL, it's a decent touchdown interception ta- ratio. But you said his this season. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's. Okay, if you if you, you you can play the stubborn game all you want, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm just I'm just confused. I mean you. No, actually it's not. He has a, he has 18 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Last year he had 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Okay, his QBR is higher than last year. So if you're gonna throw out stats like that, then you got to have something to back it up. No. Hey. I mean, hey. I'm just saying, you're just going on a little bit. But, but, but then on, again, let me go on, then again, again you, you made the argument wait, wait, that he has the receivers reasoning. He, he has he has more yards than last year. Uh-huh. He has a higher QBR rating than last year, less interceptions than last year, and a higher completion percentage than last year. This is the highest completion percentage of his career, the second highest you know, yards in his career, and the second highest QBR rating of his, of his career. So you can't just say that. What oh, you got to say to that, Dottig? What you got to say to that? I mean, he is what? He's ranked what? 
in the top 20, not even top 20 in passing yards. That's not what I was trying to get at, though. I said he has a decent. I said he has a decent touchdown interception. Or not passing rate. yards. I think it was, it was something. I can't remember the stat. You're rating him completely on just passing yards, though. There are just there are many more attributes to a QB than just how how, it's, how many yards. I'm not taking. Can we look in. at? Can we look at how good Dak Prescott has been? Whenever I'm we not. Got Amari I'm Cooper? not. Look, look. My problem with Cause, Dak cause Prescott. How, how bad has our? How bad was our receiving core before we got Amari Cooper? Very. It was pretty bad. I mean, we we didn't have a good. All good receivers. I'd say mediocre. We didn't have. We didn't. No, we, we didn't have trash receivers, our, but we didn't have good receivers. Yeah. We didn't have a number yeah, one compared to other def- NFL. No, we. I don't even think we have a top ten receiving core. Yeah, but for the most part, these NFL teams all have a star receiver. But I mean, he has. Like he still has weapons. Lacking a star receiver. Look, we my issue what? is. My issue is. Dak has the physical abilities to be a good quarterback. I mean, he doesn't get injured. He shows that though. He can. He, he, he can runs run the, the ball football. really well, and he, he takes hits really. He can well, run the football. Yeah. Okay. I just don't think his from his first year coming in to now. I don't think he's matured enough. You don't think he's progressed? Is what you're saying? I, I progressed as well. Yeah. I, I don't think he's. Ma- I don't think he has that quarterback maturity. I think he has the maturity. I think he has the maturity I, in, a, in a way. I mean, uh, he, even, even, even you, I don't think are, I don't think you can call someone not mature if he's a rookie leading you to the playoffs. I mean, his second year in his league, he was. I mean, he but was but a even 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 if he. But I mean, the mature- next the next year without Zeke, he missed six games. We missed the playoffs. So I think we know who's that, how is that important a factor of that offense. How is that a maturity that's not factor? A maturity I mean, because you got to be able to perform without you know one of your best guys. You, you got to be able to step he up can't on the pick big up the stage. Slack for a running back position. Yeah, but you, as a quarterback, I mean, you've got to step up when times are needed. But how does but that? But not when you. You got to prepare for times. But my question to it, my question too, is that how does that relate to your maturity? I can understand if that relates to your skill set and how good of a QB you are, but I don't understand maybe the maturity. Maturity as in being a leader. I well, because if anything, you lose that, one of your anything, best guys. If anything that that improves your maturity, not having your top guy, you have to take yeah, on. The yeah, but he didn't, say, didn't perform. The guy didn't perform. You're not behind the. You're not in the locker room. You're not. You're not on the sidelines listening to what he's saying to his his players. So we don't. We don't know that, you know what I'm saying. We don't know that he's not a good leader. We don't know that he's not. I, I just, we don't even know if he is. Like Max Kellerman, the guy is just like, good enough. You can't, you can't say that's the reason. We went from talking about like stats to now we're talking about like emotional maturity. We don't know. We really we don't, don't know. know. We can't talk about that kind of thing. What we can do is talk about the stats because those are hard numbers that we can back up. And Dog over here brought up some good numbers, which uh, kind of state that Dak Prescott there is a, it's a pretty good quarterback. Wait. If y'all are, 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 if y'all are satisfied with mediocrity, y'all, y'all go ahead. Y'all do y'all's thing. What's your, what's your definition of mediocrity then? Average. Oh, that's a good question. You go to the playoffs. You know, you so win I one personally, game. You I missed the playoffs. Thought, I personally thought making the playoffs is above average. I think making the playoffs is mediocre. Above I mean, that's the re- that mediocre? That's what separates Medi- average from not average. Is the playoffs? There's a reason li- why that's literally there's playoffs. That's literally why there's a there's playoffs. literally why there's playoffs. I mean, you can make the. I mean, he made the playoffs, missed the playoffs. I mean, you can say that the NFC East. Is a, you can say the NFC East this year. You can say the NFC East this year is not really a strong division. So maybe you could argue that. I mean, you can't keep. I'll, I'll side with you. You can't that. keep using up. NFC East is not a strong division. You can't keep using up. Oh, he missed six games without Zeke. I mean, that was a big reason. If he's why. if he's a, as good as a quarterback as you say, you know my thing he is, should is be that able to perform. He's, okay, so I mean, like, Alfred Morris came last year. He stepped up at running back. Right, but he's not. I mean, Dak had a a slump those six games. Well, he I mean, because because you have to see how the running game affects his passing game, though, because now the play but action's not going to be as a as good efficient. quarterback. You Zeke. shouldn't rely on the running game for your passing game. But if you look at the Cowboys system, then to an extent, you really can look at the running game to. I mean, if, if you're going to keep using those, I mean, no, my thing is like, things, my, okay, look here, at this, here's look at my that. here's my problem. I mean, you can't look at eight things to compare a guy to be good. Right, right. Here, Andrew Luck didn't have an O line. Right. He didn't have a running back. Okay. He still doesn't have a running back. He just now got a defense going. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's won nine of his last ten games. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the guy's done it without pieces. I, I mean, think it's like but no one didn't saying, even have a good head coach. Like wait, wait, he didn't can, have a good I, head coach. Can I just give you one Chuck more point? Pagano? Let you go. Yeah, go for it. But the, the thing is, what I'm trying to say, I'm not comparing Dak Prescott and Andrew Luck. I know for a fact but Andrew Luck is miles ahead of Dak Prescott. I'm saying you're, I agree with you're you. You're saying the guy is, is is a great like a good quarterback. I think he's above average. But you keep saying and, you keep saying oh he didn't have Zeke six games. He has a bad coaching. He doesn't have a wide receiver core. But you agree? But you're putting it on Dak though. That's more likely. To I'm put putting it, on, it on Dak, not on the terms of the Cowboys. You know, winning. Lo- I'm putting it on terms of, of you know, he he's he's good enough. He's right. he's not a good quarterback. He just you put him with a good system, he'll do good. I but if he doesn't have pieces, Dak can't perform. No. I just think I think we got to sell the role. But you had a point that you were gonna say, and I really interrupted you. Oh so no no you no, go, no, you're you good. <laughs> I was gonna say. That um, you're 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 taking this one thing and passing yards and numbers. People just jump straight to that. I feel like just numbers, like the the he's not throwing more than two hundred yards. Okay, he's not throwing more than two hundred yards, but his completion rating is amazing, right? Yeah. What was what was the number on that? It's pushing seventy percent. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah. So it, there's that. There's the um, what was it? The amount of touchdowns that he's made this year is, is he's on track to beating his his record, isn't it? Well, his record's twenty three. He has one more game left, so I doubt he's gonna hit five touchdowns next game. But I mean, he's he's about he's to pretty, approach twenty. He's pretty close. Twenty touchdowns and eight. Right. Okay. He's pretty close. With, yeah. So he's got all these other attributes. This and plus, what was it? His run game this year is really good. What was his rushing yards? Do you have those numbers? I actually do not have those numbers. His, right I'm now, sure that I mean, I'm sure we, that he's killed. Know just from I'm sure that he's killed it this year. Right, he, sure he, he can, he can definitely year. run the football. He, okay, but but see, that's what I'm saying is that a QB is supposed to run the football. You can't just say that. Oh well, he can't throw for this many yards, so now okay, that's it. We're throwing him out. He's not a top ten anymore. He's not a good quarterback anymore. My whole thing is he's just good if enough. You know, if you want to say that he's not a top ten, then that's fine. That's your opinion, but you can't say that he's a bad quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, you can't say that he just can't throw because what? Because he can't throw two hundred. What I'm saying is that Dak Prescott. I, I don't throw, think he can take. Maybe this he can't throw far, but he can throw accurately. What's a quarterback supposed to do? So I got throw a question. Accurately. I got a question for Thotic. So do you think Dak Prescott is ever going to improve? That he can ever become a good. QB, because I mean, if you look at someone that's 23 years old in and his third honest. season, and, 25, and please, please, 25, sorry, 25 please. years old in his third season, you tell me there's no room for improvement. You think you tell me he cannot improve? And please, be I'm honest. not saying he can improve. I'm I'm saying it's been three years You're and not he hasn't. He can't. He can't. Yeah, I'm not okay. saying he can, but it's been three years. I haven't seen his pocket presence improve. I haven't seen what he's able to do without with a defense shutting down Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen him. Improve his pass game. I mean, these Amari so Cooper what, games. So a better question would be then, what would it take for you to say, okay, this guy is – I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, I mean, I haven't seen improvement in his – I'm saying – I haven't seen improvement it, in his weaknesses. I'm saying what is the improvement the that you're – last three years. What is, it, what is it that you're expecting to I'm say – I'm expecting – To finally come on this show and say Dak Prescott is, a, is, is an above-average quarterback. I think the main thing, he's got to improve his pocket presence. So if I mean, he improves his, his pocket, pocket presence and his quarterback IQ. He – he he seems to you know focus on one direction at times. Yeah. To where he, he there's always wide receivers open on the other side. I mean I think his quarterback IQ is is you know way too low, and I feel like his pocket presence he stays in the pocket too long, mm-hmm. and doesn't step out of the pocket, which is a big reason why he gets sacked so much. Right. So I mean if he, I mean if he can't improve that within the next two years, I mean I don't know he's he's in trouble. <laughs> I mean I can agree on I can agree if he doesn't improve, but I just. I just think I just think right now. At can this I can moment, I make this point real quick? Can I make no this point out real you quick? got it, bro. You're the, the only guest. thing that he stated to improve was the pocket presence. So you're telling so pocket presence is pocket is, presence, and I mean pass. And that's it. And then he's in here. order to be a great quarterback, you got to be able to get out. So that my, what I'm getting at is that if so, the reason why he can't throw right now 
it's the, the reason why you think he's such a bad quarterback right now is because pocket presence. And his quarterback IQ. And that's it. He doesn't see the whole field. Okay. And I think the big – and he also – he lacks throwing. The guy can't throw the deep ball. But I, just, I haven't it, seen it. But if you – you point, gotta, my whole thing, you have to also look at the system around him, though. Look, look at the system. The Cowboys system is not to throw deep balls. If, if you could say that if he was in, like, the same system, a Falcon system, to where it's catered to throw deep balls to someone like Julio Jones, for example. Right. But you look at the Cowboys system – it's a, you know, they're going to run the ball and throw short passes and then maybe get a play-action play. That's it. They don't ever have a breakout. How often do, a, do the Cowboys have a breakout play to where they throw a 40-yard pass? No, not often. You know why? Because like that's not in their system. If, the only time they have a breakout play is when they, they, show, they throw it 10 yards and then Amari Cooper just breaks out for a nice <laughs> run. That's, just, that's the system. That's true. That's just how it is. You can't just blame someone. You can't blame it all on, on Dak. We, you have to, there's a lot We're of not blame. saying that's a good system. We're just saying that that's just that's how the it is That's the system right around now. him. You got you to gotta work with what so you he's got. he's adapting. Look, I'll cut some slack on him. You know, if we get a new, if we get a new head coaching staff, a I, good one. Like, personally, I would. he still doesn't improve, I mean, I'm, that's and, it. And I agree with you. If, yeah. I think right now there's more blame on the coaching staff and the coaching system for not adapting to Dak more yeah. than Dak has to adapt to that coaching system. Right. So – I would agree with you if he's still playing like how he is with a new coaching system and he still hasn't shown any signs of improvement, then I can okay. understand then that. We can, then, yeah. then I can understand that. But right now, it's his third year. Coaching staff is not good at all, and I don't think there should be too much blame on him. Absolutely. I think we should slow the roll. Yeah, for sure. For we'll sure. See how it plays out. Right. All right. Cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know we, 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 we scared the guests a little bit today. <laughs> But, I'm, good. Uh, I'm happy to be the mediator today. I, I think this is the first time you guys actually came together on something. You guys didn't just skip to the subject. Yeah, yeah. We, we just, we, at the end, we So I'm happy we, to be here for solved, this beautiful we moment. We solved the major issue. <laughs> I'm happy to hear, be here for this beautiful moment. We solved the major we issue. I mean, it. although he is wearing <laughs> champion today, yeah, you, you just, you took the L. Hey Mo, Mo, did I did I take an L today? Absolutely not, good sir. Thank you. You sided with Dak. You'd always take a dub. You know what, man? It's Sports Decaf. It's your co-host, Dark Fatul, the man who never loses with no critics, undefeated. (laughs) We got our guest Mo. It's it's the man of the hour who had his coffee this morning. So you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm just gonna ignore the malarkey. (laughs) I'm gonna ignore the malarkey. Mo, go go ahead and end the show for us, man. Yeah, man. So sports decaf, I'm out. It's Mo. Um, just uh, for any aspiring DPTs out there, anybody who wants to become a physical therapist, just uh, you're working towards PT school or whatever it may be. Um, keep at it. Keep grinding. Um, it'll pay off, even though things seem dim and you you're not you feel like you're not getting in or anything. I I didn't get in my first year. Um, so. Just keep at it. Um, improve yourself. Improve your application. Go out. Get shadowing, out, shadowing hours. Show people. Show show that school why they need you. Don't don't go to the school thinking that you need them. They need you, right? You're you're the one that's passionate. You're the one that's gonna go out there and change the field. So show them why they need you. That's it. All right, we're out. Sports decaf. We're out.